turning audio only file on. Our Catasaurus is ready for his close-up should he desire it. You got your news picked out? Um. <coughs> And we are live. Good morning, everyone. I have readjusted this uh, button. Are we off center? I feel like we're... Yeah. Ah! Very much. Ah! It was going so well for 10 seconds. Just kidding. It wasn't... So... What? We're, oh, we need to... No. No, we're... I can't see the bubble this way. It's, It'll do. You did nothing. <laughs> That's better? That's better. That's actually better. <laughs> we have to adjust, but at least it's even now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I think. I <laughs> hey, stop eating the wires. Good morning, everyone. It is I, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original angry nerd girl herself, Elda Strange. That was. Barbara Leanne Gordon, uh, I, I gave her a middle name, Leanne specifically from King of the Hill, mm -hmm. because she's kind of all over the place. Yes. Well, you gave Frankie a middle name now, too, so. Yeah, well, Frankie Delano, uh, Delanor, or no, Eleanor. Frankie Eleanor Castle. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, as you can see, we have started wearing our summer clothing, and here in Florida, uh, even inside it's too hot, so we don't wear sleeves anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the story. <laughs> it's just too damn hot. Great way to start the show. Yesterday morning when Elle was preparing to go to her real job. Uh, I, like, this pays us. Um, uh, the uh, TV let us know that the temperature at 6 a.m. in Florida yesterday was a staunch 80 degrees. But that's okay because it had a feels-like temperature of 87 and that was at 6 a.m., so wowzers and mapowsers, that's horrible. If you haven't joined us before, thank you. We are going to review a bunch of comics today. My read pile specifically. Would you like to show the stack here? I believe the kids refer to that as thick, with like three or four C's. That's what the kids say. Oh, okay. the, the kids. I'm hip to the kids. <laughs> Look at that tan. Look at that farmer's tan. Woo, baby doll. I went golfing a couple of weeks ago, and you can see. All right. Uh, before we get moving any further, and i.e. actually starting the show, uh, you should know that Elle and I like to review the news of the week to the best of our abilities. Comic book news, uh, typically. Sometimes uh, we are forced to discuss about non-comic book news things. But that was not this week. We have lots of nerd stuff to cover. And then Elle has a poultry... Read pile. Anyway, let's get to it. Alright, so you have a note on here that Mandalorian Season 3 is beginning in February 2023. Why in God's name is it taking that long? I'm okay to wait. I'm not. I want it now. Things also, just take longer well, in fairness, like we've, I'm sure there's like a lot of editing they have to do. They have to work with people's schedules. We already had Mandalorian season three. Really, it was the Book of Boba Fett. Like the Book of Boba Fett was Mandalorian season two point five at at worst, at minimum. 
Okay, I can see that. Yeah. And then you would have a proper third season. Huh. Yeah. No, I'm I'm good with it. Um, I was never going to be the Disney file that I thought I was ever going to be, but the Disney Star Wars stuff and the Disney Marvel stuff has been very good, so I'm on board. I just wish it didn't take so long. Yeah. Are you I kidding? No, Are you kidding? No, I gotta talk about that. Is that real? Did I don't that... know. I didn't look it up. Where did you see it? I don't know. It was a random story, but I didn't really. Like... Apparently, but if I only see the story one time, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what part of this. I don't know what part of the story is more incredible. All right, so. The... But the fact that it was news. Wait, 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 wait. So what we're talking about is George Clooney's uh, Batman suit from Batman Forever, the fourth Batman movie, uh, the second Joel Schumacher movie, and the coffin nail in the series that was the Batman franchise originally, uh -huh. uh, was uh, his suit, which was anatomically correct with bat nipples, yes. ironic. And that was the favorite, my favorite part of when I saw it. Was the bat nipples? Because that's how it was referred to. It's like the nipple suit. The nipple, yes. <laughs> um, apparently, it went up for auction, and it sold recently. For well, I don't know what it sold for. That's what it's Oh, it started. It yeah, started. Yeah, so who knows, who knows what it's at? Oh, and no. even if it's on, if it is actually up. So, uh, it started at $40,000, which in and of itself sounds... But I was going to say, that's what kind of, I thought maybe that was a joke. Like, it couldn't but, be that low? Yeah. Could it be that high? Or, could it be or, that low? or you know, what's the, they could start at anything, and they know it's going to jump up very quickly. I don't. I don't know. I mean, how many people out there? Like, first of all, okay, yes, it's a real movie prop, and that's pretty cool. It's like one of a kind, and that's really cool. Is it something that you really need? Do you need? Like do you need a Batman suit from what is uh, uh, unarguably the worst Batman movie? Even worse than uh, the the Batman v Superman. Even worse than Justice League. I cannot think of a worse Batman movie than Batman Forever. You, now, on the other hand, if you give me some of the Mr. Freeze tech, now we're talking. Because who doesn't want to be frozen Arnold Schwarzenegger See, making one-liners? everybody's going to have their own thing that they would want from that movie. Some might want the, the suit. <laughs> but I don't want Batman. No, 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 that nipples. No. Well, yeah, I probably should have probably looked it up. Yeah. It's not even true, but you gotta understand the, the idea of the story. Yes, was funny on its own. Even, yeah. even if it's not true, it's like the idea of referring to it as the the nipple suit. suit. The nipple suit. And yeah, if you know it, starting it so low and. I if mean, you know, you know. It's yeah. high for us. Like, I'm not it's not even that high for us. We can theoretically afford a $40,000 purchase over the course of a year. Like, theoretically. Not, not when you're considering what's more important. <laughs> we don't need food. I, we need the nipple suit. Yes. All right. We can start a little museum. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the nipple suit museum. Did you know that Joel Schumacher originally picked out the nipple you suit? You believe with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Please, and there'll be a donation box. It'll say, help feed the cats. Uh, let's go with one last one on here. Um, what, 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 wait a minute. What's all this about Stranger Things? What are, you, what are you going on about here? I don't understand your notes. No, that's just that I think I felt like this was kind of gearing up to be the last season. We all thought season four was the last season yeah. until you watched the last ten minutes. You so realized, it's oh. not like a really big yeah. news week, but no. it, it's just 
something in case we Well, it's like it's like we all we all watched the boys. We watched the boys season finale too, which was good, but lacked a lot of like drama because they had announced that season four was already greenlit. Yeah. So, so we you know yeah. a lot of the conflict and everything that's it's going not gonna on be in this, that yeah. season was going to need to carry over. And, well, I mean, that's pretty much what we get in, in Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Yeah. You, you start to see, I mean, I don't know how much we want to talk about. I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. Well, we, we can make it spoiler-free. Like, yeah, like, Volume 2 was, uh, was supposed, uh, like, we were told that Volume 2 was going to be the finale. And everyone just assumed that Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 2 finale was the end of the show. Nobody said it wasn't, so we yeah. all went into like, oh man, this is going to be good. I, will, I can say this, though, mm. I think. Mm. Um, the focus has kind of shifted a little bit, and so I think that's really cool. Yeah. I mean, as far as like just characters and stuff. Well, you and do you do make you, an interesting. But you see that a lot during the yeah. entire series. You you get so many different stories from different angles from different characters, and so it's. And one thing that does need to be said, though, and uh -huh. I'm sure we're not the first to realize this, and if we are, the ones and ones of our viewers may agree. Um, Stranger Things Netflix specifically shows. So Netflix has been doing a lot of ungood things lately. Now they're going to be having commercials as one of the one of the tiers of Netflix is going to be like Hulu's tiers where you can have a, a commercials tiers or something like that. But something has to be mentioned. Netflix is still so powerful when its TV shows hit that they have made Kate Bush the number one musician in America like almost 40 years after her song debuted. That's how powerful and how pop culture-y Stranger Things is. It is now up there with as important uh, of a show as, you know, Game of Thrones, which does leave one a little concerned that the Duffer Brothers may not be able to stick the landing like that final season. Oh, just sit on down. Just sit on down and get your butt in my coffee. Uh, I'm just going to sit down and rub my rectum on your coffee My cup. booty is against your coffee cup. It is warm, and uh, you know what? You're making yep, fun of me. Yep. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. She did what she had to do. She might dip her tail in your coffee, though. Yeah, get out. Come on. So I hope the Duffer Brothers. I, for one, I'm we're we're many season we're we're many uh, we're many series people. Mm -hmm. We love when a series wraps up. I want season four of the boys to maybe be the final season. Maybe we'll do some cool spinoffs. We'll I'd, I'd love to see more episodes of, of that team. Uh, Eric, uh, I want to say his last name is Kripke. He's an amazing showrunner. Uh, did you know he was the showrunner of Supernatural as well? At any rate. Um, I want to see more of that universe, but I don't know if I necessarily need more than another season of this storyline. But I, I, they haven't missed yet, so maybe I'm being a little bit too hesitant. On the other side of the coin, Stranger Things season five needs to be the last season. Not that it's getting bad, it's just that the kids are going to be like in their 30s. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think when you get to the end of this recent season, you're yeah. going to see you know, how, like, where you're kind of left, like, like okay. how much further can you go with okay. this? Okay! <laughs> okay! <laughs> but, it leaves it open for a, a full season. Oh, sure! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, remember what I was telling you about how I was sure that one of the books that I was reading, uh, Noctera, was like, it's going to be a 12-issue mini and that's going to be it? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, wait, I was totally wrong. There's tons more that needs to get fleshed out here. Yeah. I can see a few more seasons of Stranger Things, but I feel like it would be best served if, if it was five seasons and that was it. Because the longer it goes, the less pop it's going to have. And did you know Walking Dead only finished up recently? 
No, because you stopped watching Walking Dead six years ago. Yeah, I, I, I mean, a lot of the people, like friends and all, and coworkers that were watching The Walking Dead mm-hmm. when we were, yeah, pretty much dropped off about the same time we did. Yeah, too. And it got it got it got long in the tooth. Yeah. Oh well. All right, let's move on. We have some books to read. I don't have a lot. I only have three, um, but I'm going to try to get... Huh? Huh? Oh. Well, actually, I'm very happy to have not as many, because I know I can see how you have tons over there, yes. but to try to cram all those in... You gotta cram them. <laughs> to, like, one night of reading, I can't do that. It's fun. <laughs> no, it's not. I get all the different character voices in my head, they're all talking to me, and then I get to read books like Twig, which my review, well, that would be fun. I, I kind of like having lighter weeks sometimes, right. because lighter weeks means I can actually enjoy my books. Okay, I, okay. I can, I can take my time and read them. I. This is a very long setup to say that you ain't had a big books to read, so go ahead! Alright. Get started. No pick of the week yet, so we'll see. <laughs> you only have three books! I only have three books. You don't have a pick of the week. I don't have a pick of the week, because I didn't put enough time... But you only have three months, and well, you got to enjoy. See, I literally finished these last night. So <laughs> wait, wait, you you had like an hour. I'm not emotionally processing these, so I'm gonna see how the reviews go. <laughs> I'm gonna die. I cannot emotionally. That is. Do you want to know? The that truth? is probably one of the best lines you've ever said ever. <laughs> I have not been able to emotionally process. What is the truth, Ella Strange? My brain is very lazy. <laughs> works too well. That's the problem. <laughs> this is all over the place. <laughs> Creative fissures. Uh, Alright, what do you got first? Alright, first up. This is uh, Nubia. Ooh, uh, yeah, it's very glary. I might have to change the uh, setting of the ring light. But this is Nubia, Queen of the Amazons, issue two. I always like saying that because it reminds me a lot of being a kid, and we would say the uh, prayers uh, for Hanukkah, and it's Baruch Kolam, and then we'd always say them in English, which was Oh, blessed art thou, O Lord our God, King of the Universe. So whenever I see Queen of the Amazons, it immediately takes me back to being a little kid lighting Hanukkah candles. Hot Girl shows up in this issue, evidently. Hot Girl was in the last issue. Oh. Yes. Uh, she is there, to remind you. Um, so now Nubia is Queen of the Amazons, mm. and she has decided that she wants to have um, a better approach into assisting... Uh, man's world. That's just how they're. That's how Nubia is yeah, taken yeah. care of. Yeah. Uh, so she is, uh, you know, she just she wants to do what she can to help others, mm-hmm. not just those on the island. So she wants to go out and and actually have uh, a connection with everyone. And uh, during that, uh, in the last issue, uh, Hot Girl had decided that she was going to step up and kind of be that in-between, like, hey, let me be here with you uh, so, you know, you know, people are more accepting as far as, you know, because this is somebody from Man's Yeah, that's coming in and trying to, to help, but a lot of people are seeing that as, oh, why are you here, you know, you know, trying to, to gain power and, and, and all that. But it's the same people that are concerned about all superheroes. They don't like the idea of them having power over them. 
uh, you know, things like that. So DC Comics, the boys confirmed. <laughs> so you, you have little things like that. And last issue, there was a mudslide, and so Nubia is in the hospital during this particular issue. Uh, and you're seeing reports on the news and everything about people being upset, um, basically telling her and everybody from the mascara to go back home. Uh, and uh, we are seeing a lot more of her character in particular uh, as far as her starting to have more and more flashbacks of her former life. Nubia. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Nubia is starting to have more and more memories um, about who she was uh, with also mentioning the amulet that she has around her neck. Uh, and that actually, that little piece actually came through the well, the well of with her, which is, not which to is a big yeah. deal. Yeah. So to start to see a little bit more and more about that story is really great. And I, I'm guessing that's pretty much what we're focusing on since this is a mini series and it, it, it's already, it was already mentioned in the last issue, this issue, I'm sure this is something that's been built and built and built. The idea is that we're finding out more about who Nubia is yeah. and she is as well during this process. Uh, from issue to issue. So I think it's going to be a really cool story when it's all wrapped up. But it's so short. I just, I want more and more Nubia all the time. But I know that's not the end of Nubia. Nubia's always going to be around. It's just, it's such a short series. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Barbara Luann's. Next up. Poison Ivy. Uh, this is issue two of, uh, well, I thought it was issue two of six, but it doesn't have the of on it, so maybe it's an ongoing? I was going to mention that. I really thought it was uh, a mini a mini series, yeah. but not always does it say to of. I or, hate or, that. Right? It should always you, say, no. Have you, have no, you No, because all the ones that are of. I thought I've seen it. Get down. Uh, I thought I've seen where it doesn't I've seen always. variant covers. I've seen variant covers not have the of six or of eight or something like okay, that. Okay, well, I'm not going to get a slide. Yeah, all right, fair enough. Fair. I, How was the issue? Either way, I feel like it was going to be a, a short um, series. Yeah. To me, in my mind, even by the second uh, issue, I feel like this is going to be something short with the idea of what she's dealing with and like how much further you can go with this story. Now, interestingly the enough, before, idea, you, before you start your review, I just want to mention uh, this was widely considered the pick of the week at the comic book store that we shop at, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Just going to mention that. Go ahead. Ivy continues her journey uh, to releasing scores um, just everywhere she goes. Um, she is infecting people around her, which in turn will, they will carry the spores further and further and further, and eventually she's going to activate them. And then they're just, Son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah. Son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Uh, so she's still uh, she's still doing that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. She basically she only has hate within her. Uh, ever since she lost her her god status of being uh, Queen Ivy, uh, and in turn lo losing Carl's. Yeah. Uh, and she is uh, stop it, stop it. She's like slapping me. <laughs> Do you have a paper? Wad? Where's the paper wad? Where's your paper I don't wad? No, this cat. She loves playing fetch. Gotta find a paper one. Anyway, um, so anyway, so you're starting to see more and more about how Poison Ivy Pamela is really missing.
missing Carly. Yeah. In this particular issue, she's talking to herself, well, talking to her, right? <laughs> uh, about how much she misses her. As and, you do with a lost love one or a missing So you're just seeing how that creates more and more anger within her. I get that. Uh, the sadness is just turning into something very bad within her, just emotionally and everything. And she's decided that she's not just going to self-destruct, she's going to destroy everybody around her. Yeah, but she made the choice to leave Ivy, or to leave Harley, I thought. I didn't read that story. I'm gathering from the feel that I'm getting from this book. I got you. Whatever happened during that whole story, okay. this is where she's at now. This and is where she is mentally. She doesn't have Harley anymore. Right. She doesn't have. She feels like she's completely alone. She is self-destructing, and she's, like I just said, she's going to take everybody. Yeah, whatever the weather. Yeah. So, I think it's a really strong story, um, and I love seeing the side of Pamela. Not because she's suffering, <laughs> but because, oh, stop it. She just, all I did was try to push her a little bit. That was awkward. <laughs> anyway, so you don't see um, a lot of, um, you know, I don't know what I was going to say. I got totally, totally thrown off Barbara. <laughs> thrown off by thrown off cat. <laughs> but uh, you, you definitely... Um, Definitely got to pick this up. Well, any, I was going to say, any, you're enjoying any, this. Any fan of Poison Ivy, you're going to enjoy this. Uh, and I think you just get to see a, a, a more of a deeper, darker uh, personality from her. I follow. Now, this is issue two. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know. We're, we're pretty sure it's a miniseries, but... I thought it was two, but now that we're, like, talking, and I just now saw that it yeah. doesn't say two, two of, of something... Right. I don't know. I'd ha- I'll have to look it up. That's fine. That's fine. That's not my question. My question is, how was this issue two? Because we always know that issue twos can either, they, they can sometimes be very like, wow, and sometimes it can be very quiet. It's just continuing the story. No, no change. No real change. I don't, I don't see, I think I can say this. Okay. There is one part where you're starting to see where she's doubting herself. You do see that a little bit. Gotcha. You're not, I, maybe I made it sound like it's just all anger, all fury in the entire way, but in this issue, you do see some weakness of her just okay. kind of, you know, saving people when she's already infected them kind of idea. Like She's not sure that she's doing the right thing. Right. You gotcha. can see where she's kind of wobbling. Wibbling. 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 What's your third book that is still not your pick of the week, but it's going to be your pick of the week? I, I know it's going to be your pick of the week. Let's we'll see, let's we'll see, let's we'll see, let's we'll see, let's we'll see. It is the closest. Oh, wait, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's not it. Try it again. It is the closest. <laughs> the closet. Issue two. Issue one, I have to admit, I was blown away by the ending. I loved your review of it. I, I went back and I read it. And what an interesting she's concept. Like, she's slapping she's at you. Look at how big her eyes are. I tried to pet her. Where is your paper box? There's like two right over there. Uh, Go get it. I have spoiled her. Yes. This is your fault. I, I started teaching her how to play fetch. You, this is your it. this is your fault. You can't even give the closest a <laughs> <laughs> proper review. All right, the closet. So yes, as I was saying, issue one, what a concept, mm-hmm. love it. How was issue two? I haven't read it yet, so I can't I can't comment. I love it. Okay. I am still very much enjoying it. Uh, you're still not getting definite answers. You shouldn't really. You should. Yeah, it's <laughs> at this point. But uh, Jamie, 
the child we have been following in this story uh, and his family mm-hmm. too. Uh, uh, we're seeing pretty much how their family is just not really doing well. Uh, <laughs> Jamie and his father are driving uh, across country to their new home. Yes. I believe it was in Portland. Yes. And the mother has not joined them. Mother needs to be there earlier for like an orientation, I guess, or a job or something. I can't remember. Um, but you're seeing little things like that. Uh, they stop at, a fr- at one of his friend's houses to rest, and this friend just throws everything out right in front of him. Uh, you know, look, you. Why isn't your wife here? Why didn't you leave, go with your wife? Yeah. These little things. Those are the problems. You know, you're not thinking of so and so. You're not doing this. You know, and, and so this guy just is just not getting it. So you can tell that he has given up in this family. Yeah. And all these things, you're it, it, it's building it psychologically. You know, this kid is taking all these emotions in. You can yeah. see how he's taking all this in with you know his his parents right. are happy together. Uh, they're 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 moving. Uh, well, just yeah, I mean, you know, there's a scary you. closet. And you had to get rid of. It mentions about how when he was in his original home, about how there was a creature in the closet. Yeah. It's a typical "there's a monster under my bed" kind of thing. And the kid said, tells his father, "Look, this thing's going to follow me. It already says it's going to come with us." And they don't care. They don't listen to him. Guess what? They're at the friend's house. It's there. <laughs> I do love. I, I so I'm, I'm flipping through it. I love how the closet manifests itself. Oh, we had somebody joining us. Oh, hello, Ryan. Um, but I love how the closet manifests. How it how it just appears. But it doesn't. It doesn't just appear because I'm. I'm I to me in my head, I'm seeing that connection. Yeah. Between. Yeah, yeah. The childhood trauma that this kid is going through. It's only issue two. It's only issue two. It, but, out. Uh, yeah. It's only issue two. Is the closet real? I don't think so. I, Me, I don't. I think it is. I think it absolutely is. You think this is turning into not just something it's, psychological, it's, it's, but it's it's it's, it's turning Tinian, it into reality. It's tur- it, no, it's Tinian. It's a comic book. This is the same guy who's doing Nice House on the Lake. This is the same guy who's done so many. You know, he did an amazing run on Batman. I guarantee you that closet is absolutely legit. And it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Like, this is this is so my bag. And I, I know for a fact, I am calling it, this is your absolute pick of the week. It is. <laughs> because I love the idea of this just still being so open. Yes! Like, it, like you said, it could just be completely, like almost sci-fi you know kind of connection or it could just be completely psychological in his head right Uh, it could be going any direction yes and I'm going to accept it yes (laughs) because that's just what it is but that's that's the exciting part is that we don't know yet there's no there's not a definite hint one way or the other yes my brain is waves one way yeah. or the other, but that's like my opinion. And my nerd my nerd brain the, is saying the no, no, no. facts that we've yeah. been given. What we know in the story we know in the story. Yes. It could go anywhere. I understand. I understand. I theory. just have my own theories. That's fine, and I have my own theories. And I'm gonna stick to my theory that's because fine. when I'm right then <laughs> <laughs> Well that would be even that would be even more but then fantastic. kind of scared because when you're right then I never I don't hear the end of it ever. <laughs> <laughs> I I have never been one to gloat. 
I'll have you know, that has never occurred. I I am really enjoying it. Just from your reviews, I read it after the show. I'm looking through. I'm seeing how the closet manifests in this issue. It makes perfect sense to me for it to be both absolutely 100% legitimately real, and I can, can I can I'm with you. It could just be all in his head too, based upon the amount of shit that he's going through. Yeah. Thank you for that read pile, of Elder Strange. I know that was difficult to admit that Poison Ivy was not your pick of the week. You know, and then there was Nubia as well, whom you also adore. That yes. must have been—it must have been tough. You have two. I think they were all very good. Yes. All issue twos. All issue twos. All issue twos. How about that? Thank you. You want to start this huge pile you got going here? So, like, on the one hand, I want to start with this book because it's very good, but I don't want to go into the whole spiel about all the the the, the, the pillars just yet because I feel like that's unfair. But it does get the ceremonial first review, so I kind of have to. We here at the Reed Pile now have four official pillars of the Reed Pile. Uh, with the return of Gail Simone's uh, variants, uh, she rejoins the uh, pillars as the OG Gail Simone. We also have the Mayor of Halloween Town, which is Colin Bunn, the Clock King, <coughs> foreshadowing, Tom King, and Everyone Dies, Tom Taylor, a.k.a. Tom Taylor. On my Reed Pile this week, I have Colin Bunn's Basilisk. This is issue nine. Oh, hang on. Hang I lost on. the track erase. Hang on, hang on, hang on. There we go. This is issue nine. It's not my pick of the week because it very much begins the final arc, but it was incredibly good. If you're following along with Basilisk, you have lots and lots of questions. Remember these, you know, super-powered individuals that have all the five senses, but they're like heightened senses. One day they came down from a mountain and they wrecked havoc on a on a city. One of the women uh, who survived this or wasn't there at the time because she was having an affair, uh, her children were killed, her husband, whom she wasn't in love with anymore but still liked as a human being, he was a nice guy, they just fell out of love, he was killed, she feels guilty about it, so she's on the hunt for these superpowered humans. Well, what the hell are these creatures? And I didn't think we'd ever actually get an answer. I, I just assumed that they were just, you know, that was who they were, they all like endo the and they gather each other's powers whenever one of them dies. There's yeah. only two and this left. Is reality. This yeah. is just they've existed. It's we accepted. Whatever. I, it was story. that wasn't. This is part of norm. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Colin Bunn lets us know 100. percent Here's who they are. Here's what they are. We're not 100. percent 100. percent But there's this really amazing uh, image where you can see all. Calm down, Google. I don't know why Google has picked up on my calls, but it's weird that Google can hear me this far away. Anyway, you can see this image here where they're all the different versions of each other. And basically there is one, two, three, four, five, five senses. There are five like teams, one, two, three, four, 20 different people, but they appear to all be, for lack of a better term, I would say clones. Okay. And each one of them represents one of the five senses. Okay, and so it looks like there's variations of each each five right and so um we're home we've gone home we've gone to where this all began do you get individual stories of all of them or we, is it kind of like this group it doesn't really matter anymore yeah, you do learn about each yeah we're, we're learning who they are and, and what they are but it's so it's so very like <sighs> it's incredibly big details but ultimately it's unimportant but for some reason, it makes it more interesting. Because you know the characters more now. Right, right. 
And it's fun to see our main, we'll, we'll call her our main basilisk, how she, um, her, she's trying to become the Chimera, which means that she will have all five powers. And that's sort of what we've been building to. It's, I mentioned this at the very beginning, I think on like issue three, where I figured out when, when one of them died and the other one absorbed their powers, I'm like, oh, there's only going to be one left standing and they're going to have all five powers. But she's in this town where she was essentially born, and she's running into other versions of not just herself, but of all the other members of her family that have all either died at this point by her hand or have been killed. There's also some weirdness about her touching one of her own like clones or variants or something like that, and that she's not allowed to do it. There's so much more going on in here, and this is kind of, kind of why I love Colin Bunn's story so much, is you sort of have an idea of what's going on, but then he's like, yeah, 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 but let me tell you some more stuff. Like, last book you'll ever read. I'm like, oh, this is a cool story. It's about, you know, people taking your own words and turning them against you. No, it turns out it was a demon book. Oh, how about that? Oh, well, it is the end of the world. Oh, okay. Basilisk, I thought it was going to be, like, your standard, like, power-up book, but no, it's more about, like, the ideas of family and who you are and who you perceive yourself to be. And, and you know, you think about some of the books that you read of his that you've liked. Uh, Dark Ark, which you thought was just about evil monsters on an ark, but it's all about like what what is the even what really means evil? Why how how do we just describe evil things? So that's what we're getting from Basil. So it definitely gets my my top my top review, not my pick of the week, but you'll figure out. Next up on my read pile, Dark Crisis issue two. What in the Jesus Christ was that? I still don't understand what's happening here. I. It's issue two of DC's mega event. Granted, I have not been following Justice League. I do not care that the Justice League is dead. They are as dead as, you know, anything else in comic books. Sure, whatever. I'm fairly confident now that this is taking place on our Earth, the Earth that we read of, I think. But, like, Slade, uh, which is Deathstroke, looks really weird. He's got, like, some weird mohawk thing going on. Maybe that's just how he looks in comics now. I will say this, this book is drawn incredibly well. Like, this is the kind of art level of, look, look how crisp everything is, how beautiful this is, the colors, the, the, um, the only negative, again, is that, look at, the, look at the lettering. Remember how in the first issue the lettering just looked too big? I don't remember that. All right, well, that was my biggest criticism of it was the lettering looked really, really weird. Huh, okay. And, and again, the lettering is so heavy. Look how big these word bubbles are. They are massive in terms of how how big and how long they go on. See, I don't see that really. Really? Well, really. Yeah, but these are these two are in bold, so I feel like they're they yellow, right? Yeah. What about that one? I don't feel like it's too big. No. No. You can see there's the lettering in this book is so bizarre to me. Okay, here's another great one. That's my line, and, and then like, but then down here it's big. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. All I know is the cool part about this issue is that Cyborg Superman shows up. And if you put Cyborg Superman in a comic book, you get my money. You get my money. This is a message to anyone who wants Rick Sussman's dollars. Put Hank Henshaw in a comic, and I buy it. You can ask L. It's a problem I have. So Cyborg Superman shows up. There's a really great fight between uh, John and Cyborg Superman. Um, I have a weird suspicion that the whole point of Dark Crisis is to lead into the Black Adam movie. <laughs> because 
Black Adam is the only surviving member of the Justice League that was killed, and he's like, I'm going to lead the new Justice League, and it's going to be my Justice League, and it's going to be Black Adam's Justice League. And I'm like, is this just all one big tie-in to the movie? Because, again, I don't know what the point of this is yet. It's issue two. It's the giant mega event of the summer for DC Comics. Pariah is, is, it is who I thought it was, is Pariah is one of Jericho's variants from the original uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and now he's got all the power armor and all this other stuff. And, okay, um, but what's happening? And if anyone is reading all of these with all the tie-in books and you want to let me in on it, that's fine. I need to read this more as obligation than anything else. But I will say this. $5.99 a pop for these books, that's mean. That is unnecessary. Ow. Hmm. I'm still buying it. Is that is that a is that a test is that a is that a bad thing? Like a I'm not I'm not enjoying this, but I have to keep reading it. Is that how bad I mm, yeah, that's that's bad. That's Positive. No. I, I want to know more. But, like... But that's the thing. If you want to keep reading, yeah. that means it's... It's got to be doing something. There's something, it's got, there's got, yeah, there's something. that you caught. There's something there. On there. Yeah, no, that's, tr- that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss a very fun book. DC versus Vampires. This is issue 7. Um, and this is the ongoing. This is Well, this is 7 of 12. But this is the main. This is the main. The main storyline. And it's funny you mention that right off the bat because something happens in this book that happens in a comic that hasn't debuted yet, which is frustrating as hell. So they talk about DC versus Vampires All Out War, and what happens in DC versus Vampires All Out War directly relates to what happens in this issue. They mention it a couple of times. And then you get an ad for DC vs. Vampires All Out War, which hasn't debuted yet. And it's also a six-issue miniseries. So are they hinting at it in this issue? They're not hinting! They're flat out telling you, you have to have read it! Okay, wrong words. They're talking about it in this issue to open up. To lead you into this new series. Perhaps. How much longer do you have in this one? We only, well, we only have seven of 12. It's going to end in October, I just realized, or September. And because then that it's one will pick up. No, no, this, no, no, All Out War, All Out War comes out like in a week. Oh. <laughs> I think technically it comes out like July 19th. So there'll be So I'll get two issues of All Out War. overlapping right, as, mini-series yes. for at least a few issues. Yes, for, well, for the rest of the series. Well, yeah. So, issue 7 is issue 1, issue 8 is issue 2, issue 9 is issue 3, issue 10 is issue 4. Okay, okay, okay. I'm fine with it because of how much I love DC vs. Vampires. It just seems a little silly. It does seem a little silly. And I I expected All Out War to just be another one-shot, like the one I just read about Harley Quinn, uh, Hunters. There is a lot going on here, and it is feeling very much like this is the new Deceased which isn't a knock, it's really, really good. It just takes place in like an alternate timeline. I love it. But the idea that you had to have read a book that is impossible to have read prior to this issue debuting will always frustrate the hell out of me. Who just joined us? I can't see your name. I'm sorry. At any rate, I really, really, really love DC vs. Vampires. Um, it is such a great story. How they're saving humanity and the, the main hero of who's saving them is, is Waylon is Killer Croc, sort of. 
how they're finding a way to keep humanity safe from all the vampires, what they're doing, it's all explained in here. It is so cool. This is such a wet kiss on the mouth to anyone who's been following DC Comics for a long time. It's so cool to see heroes all jacked up and to see villains trying to be heroic and to see some villains that aren't really villains. Like, Black Manta has a couple of great lines in this issue about, like, how humans have always been and things like that. DC vs. Vampires is easily the sleeper hit of the year. And I say sleeper hit because I bought it in, in, in October as sort of a spooky book comic, right? Mm -hmm. It's so goddamn good. Uh, not quite my pick of the week because of that one really awkward, like, I need to have read this comic, but it debuts next week. Maybe it is a preview. I yeah. don't know. It threw me off. Well, when you have so many good books, you know, it, and, you, and you want to pick a pick of the week. I want it to be perfect. Things, yeah, I want everything know, to fall. Like, yeah. That's fair. Like, well, that's fair. I mean, if you have to put everything out on the table this, and, yeah. and compare. Yeah. Moving, moving on. Um, you know what? I'm going to split these up a little bit. No, because these are... Um, well, shit. All right. So, from here on... And, okay, not this one. I was going to say from here on out, these are all my picks of the week. This is not my pick of the week, but it is very good. It would not have been my pick of the week regardless. It is Twig, issue three. I love this. This is such a different story. Uh, we're starting to get glimpses of the future if Twig doesn't finish his job. But this is going to be very mean, but it's not meant to be mean. So Kyle uh, Stram is doing amazing pencil work, but his backgrounds are so lush and so beautiful and so gorgeous that I find myself staring deeper and deeper into them like some kind of um, magic eye painting, you know, where like you look long enough, you see a schooner or something like that. And I'm spending so much time like devouring the backs of the issues and the like, look at all the art and all the beautiful detail. And all you feel of like this throws you off in the story? Right. And it's so unfair. That's such a like bad but good thing, I guess. And look, right? look, look, look at the detail. Look at the details of this weird guy's lair. But I think that's the idea. It's you know, you're so good. To be able to feel oh, like this world. That and that that, that is exactly it. Scotty Young, uh, Kyle Stram, Jean Francois Bellieu, uh, and Nate Biko. The, you, they have created a fucking universe, and I want to live in it. Like I. Like, Every it reminds me a lot of um, trolls in that even the background when you watch the, the original trolls movie, everything is alive. Every page, every panel, there is life and there is gorgeous, gorgeous drawings and artwork. But it it kind of takes you out of the story because it's so good. This is a silly thing, but yes, I understand what you're talking about. Like like look at this. This is them just sort of traversing through some areas because they're trudging along. I know, just this alone, I would be like... Like, what the fuck is this? What? Like, who? Why? And what? who's that guy? Why is he yeah, there? Why does that one have a tongue? <laughs> is it alive, or is it like just some weird statue that they... What is this? Yeah. It's so good. I urge everyone, go buy Twig. If nothing else, get the do download a copy of it. Like, you have to read this book. It is so beautiful. check out issue one, oh. and it will catch you. Oh, it is so it's gorgeous. Okay and so enthralling. The negative about it is that it's so... It's so big. Like, the universe they've created is so gigantic, and I want every single answer. If you want to know what Elle and I were even talking about, it's this totem pole thing here. What even is this? But I want, I want to know... I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want a story about what these totem poles are. 
give me that comic book. I want Twig to be like the first volume of like an 88 volume bone style story where we get every fucking answer to every question imaginable. I I just adore it. But Can it, you do like a little map of I want I, Yes, yes. I want a map. I want a giant okay, so pullout book. Poster. I want a poster that covers the whole wall. Give me more Twig. And it is a, such a dumb way to say like the reason why it's not good is because I need to read it eight times, mm-hmm. which is stupid. But like like you said, like that's such a dumb thing. But you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. And just by flipping through it, you haven't read an issue of this, right? Mm-hmm. But you saw that weird ass totem pole thing, right? Oh yeah. And you're like, you wait, whoa, same, whoa, whoa. You get the same feeling. Yeah, like wait, 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 wait. I do even without reading it. What yeah. even is this? Really good. All right, from here on in. We're in pick of the week territory, I'm not going to lie. Let's start with the excellent, excellent, excellent. Barbara, why are you so active this morning? Did you not eat enough breakfast? She always eats enough breakfast. That's very true. The excellent. So this is issue five. So remember in issue four, how issue four was a very big issue four and how we had a a big death? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So also issue four was last week. Not really sure how I got this. Marvel, if you want to want to explain yourself, Marvel, maybe there was a shipping issue. I don't know. Um, I know you're happy to have this. Um, oh, very, oh, my God, Barbara, you're killing me here. Oh, I take it already. Throw that paper. Throw that paper away. Throw that. Throw that. It was far away. I know. All right. So I was super excited to see that issue five was on my read pile this week. Okay. Because mm-hmm. of what happened in issue four. And I'm like, oh, my God, is Fluff going to die? Big news, Fluff's super dead. Super duper duper dead. One of the funniest death scenes. One of the funniest death scenes I've ever seen in my life. There's our boy there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Yeah, he ain't so. No, no, he he ain't pretty. He ain't pretty no more. But remember how I mentioned how I felt like this is uh, like like Zeitgeist is almost a better Homelander right now more than anything. Well, it gets even cooler. So. The issue of um, Excellent Issue 3, where they raid Doctor Strange's house for no reason, right? And I'm like, wow, I wonder why they just happened to hang out with Doctor... Turns out I was fucking wrong. The Book of Avanti, the book of Ashanti that they stole, there's a spell in there that ties this entire series together. What Zeitgeist is trying to do, we don't know what the spell does or why, why he wants it or anything. I assume it's nothing great. But he has to gather 500 million, like, acolytes... And in our day and age, 500 million acolytes would be like 500 million followers on like Twitter or YouTube or something, right? Mm. You could make that argument. So now you're starting to understand why Zeitgeist is so vehement about getting his numbers up and why he wants so badly to make sure that he has viewers and has people like following him everywhere he goes. He's trying to create this spell. And the way that Milligan and Ulrich are, are sort of writing and drawing this story is pulling me further and further in. And I love it. And I love that Zeitgeist is, you know, an all-American hero who has gone completely overboard. When he finds a better teleporter than the one he currently has, he just straight murders his current teleporter without even blinking twice about it because the guy sucks as a teleporter and he's tired of the guy being not good at his job. And that just feels very much Zeitgeistian, which if you don't know, Zeitgeist means ghost of today or, you know, spirit of the times. A hero who just does whatever he wants, whether you consider it heroic or not, and it doesn't seem very heroic, flat out killing people because they annoy him. 
feels very modern take on superheroes, does it not? Mm -hmm. So how appropriate and how good and how perfect timing it is. I can't say for certain that this was designed to come out the exact same week as the season finale of Boys, and if you've watched that, we're not going to spoiler it, but it ties in incredibly well to what happens at the end. Maybe I'm just reading it luckily because it just happens to be so perfectly timed, or maybe it is that good. I don't know yet, but I'm really enjoying the excellent. I'm very happy that you got issue five so soon. <laughs> Turns out it's not supposed to debut for like four weeks. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's that happen it happens a lot. What was the one uh, with the, you know, the eight million genies that we got three weeks? Because it had an error on it. Yeah, anyway. Okay. I've said this before. This review is going to be incredibly short because I have nothing more to say about it. Fucking read Little Monsters. That's the review. I have nothing more to say about this book. So it's still good. Oh, one of the best books on the market, period. Are we finding out more about the children? Yes. Okay. And what's more interesting is, remember in the last issue, we every issue we learn a backstory about one of the little kid vampires and how they run into this one vampire. Well, what I started to realize, especially with this issue, is that they run into a vampire who just happens to be a vampire in their area. So these vampires maybe have existed for hundreds of years, but with Yui, Yui was in Hiroshima in 1945. If you don't know, there was a small problem that day in Hiroshima in 1945. Uh, lots, of bad, uh, lots of bad stuff happened in the course of a blink of an eye. But one of the vampires that apparently was just happening to live in Hiroshima survived the bombing and found Yui. And basically, this vampire tells her the same thing that all the other old vampires are telling the little kids, and they're always finding these little kids in very bad situations where the world around them is shattered, and they're like, listen, I can take you somewhere you're never going to have to be afraid again. We also get a confirmed time period jump. So at one point, the little kids, the little monsters, are um, basically sat down in a library, and the older vampires tell them they're going away, but they'll be back, and they'll come get them. And that's where issue one picks up. And then, you know, the world sort of looks like bombed out, and there's, a, there's nobody left or whatever, and then the story starts. Turns out, we get, a, we get our confirmed time. The kids have been waiting for their caretakers for 300 years. And it's said so matter-of-factly. And then the two vampires look at each other, and they, they sort of, you know, these kids, they recognize, like, oh, my God. Like, we thought it'd been... Because they don't, they don't understand time. When you live forever, time becomes relative. I, I have a series of podcasts about this. But it's true. The longer you live, the less you, like, recognize time. You just don't. It's why when you're a little kid, halftime of the Super Bowl takes forever. But when you're an adult, halftime of the Super Bowl is barely enough time for you to go pee and poop and get another pile of uh, ribs to eat or something like that. It's true. And in Little Monsters, we're seeing all of this. And listen, guys, this is... Dustin Wynn is such an incredible artist. What he does with black and white imagery, with just the smallest amount of color, is so incredibly beautiful and so incredibly poignant. I cannot get enough of this book. If you're not reading Little Monsters at this point, you're just wrong. That's the end of the story. Not quite my pick of the week, but it would have been if these other books weren't on my pile. Look like it's Batman back on the menu, boys! 
So after our um, interlude with Joshua Williamson, which I didn't review much because my numbering of the books got fucked up, sadly, and I had to go back and read like two or three issues and I wasn't on par, I was able to pick back up with issue 125. This is Chip Shadarsky and uh, George Jimenez. George Jimenez back on the comic, who uh, he was doing the art for the incredible James Tinian run, uh, which featured Queen Ivy and Fear State and all that other stuff. So he's back. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, who I've been a fan of for a long time, uh, ever since... Oh, it's right over there. Let me go get it. I have to get this. Ugh. So I've been a fan of Chip Zdarsky and, and Matt Fraction uh, ever since they did Sex Criminals, and uh, I made sure to get Chip Zdarsky's and uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt Fraction's Sex Criminals Just the Tips, which is uh, the only one of the books that I have left outside of the uh, photo uh, cover of them doing the, the pose that... I made viral on the internet. It was true. I was the first to do it with my buddy Alex. At any rate, uh, I'm a big Chip Zdarsky fan. I was waiting for a book of his to come out that I could pick up on, that I wanted to read, and Batman 125 is his introductory issue. We do do the traditional thing when a new uh, person comes on board, is we start with a story that took place years ago or at another time or whatever, and then we pick up with our new story. And for that reason alone, it is not my pick of the week. This is on DC. This needs to be issue one. Enough of this shit already. I am so tired of this. James Tinian's run could have started at issue one. Joshua Williams' run could have started at issue one. Chip Zdarsky's run should have started at issue one. At least the, the, the nerd brain in me, it's starting at issue 125. There is nothing more annoying to me than a book starting at a brand new, you know, I can't take it anymore. I don't do arcs. Just start at issue one. So this does have to do with the fact that it's a new arc, not just, you know, new creative. Not, a new, it it, it like, even says it, a new era begins. It says it right okay. here. It's part of the... It's part of the, the but what more is it? Is it more of, like, new creative team, or is it more new story arc? Cause it's you both. Can have, it's both. Because it's both. Yeah. I think it definitely needs... I just, I don't understand why DC thing. won't just accept. The, the most notorious of this, of course, is, I think it's Nightwing 78, which begins the what is now being declared one of the greatest Nightwing runs of all time, with our, our good friend Tom Taylor making Nightwing incredibly cool again. Now, do you like being able to say that you have 125 issues of Batman? No! 125 issues Ma of a, a series? Is that, is that alone? It's actually... It's not actually for some people. No, well, maybe, well, sure, sure. Not, not, not you, in particular, some, but yeah. maybe, maybe I don't they don't want to break... I, the older I get, the less I like that. Because if I say, oh man, I bought 125 issues of this comic. Wait a minute. Like, like instantly I recognize how much money I've put into this comic. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, I can respect that. <laughs> I mean, I could do the same with Wonder Woman. <laughs> right. And Wonder Woman, but the thing about it that really kind of like cheeses me the most is this is a super cool book. Again, thank goodness it's issue 125, which at least has like a nice round number, you know, kinda. But why not just make this issue one, DC? You're killing me. And it's not like Batman hasn't rebooted a few times. It's, it doesn't need to be a reboot. Just make it issue one. Issue one sell better anyway. Just make it issue one and just get on board. And Chip's run can be Chip's entire run. And when he's done with the comic, you go back to issue one. Like, I don't, I just, I will never understand why these legacy books get these insanely long print runs and then they just they just let it run forever and ever and ever. Hmm. Like Black Probably Widow because didn't have the legacy printing that was included, 
it was issue 52, but it was also issue like 12. Anyway, the actual story in here is really cool. Mm -hmm. You get to see Batman interacting with Tim Drake and Clayface. And then we get a whole new character, we'll say, at the very end here, uh, known as what appears to be known as Failsafe, which for those of us who've read the new 52 is going to look very familiar. But is it, that a whole different story in the back? Uh, yeah, this is Chip Sardarsky's Catwoman. Okay. Which is in the back of the book, which might have been something really great for a big Catwoman fan to read. But in order to read that, you have to have Batman. Does that story have to do with what's going on in Batman? I don't know. I didn't read it. Oh, you didn't read it. <laughs> because it's a backup story. And I don't read backup stories. Sorry. <laughs> Not your fault, Chip Zdarsky or anyone else. I just don't want to read backup stories. I understand that because Wonder Woman kind of burnt me out on backup stories. Young, yeah. young Diana for everything. And I was like, I have no interest in that. And then I started losing interest in reading the backstories. <laughs> Now, before I go any further, I am going to sell every single person who either is watching this currently or is about to watch our issue on why you need to pick up this series. Okay. And, and L, before I show them, how do you feel about this? I could write a sexy story about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to show y'all one of the hottest images in the history of Batman comics, bar none. Cosplayers, be ready. Look at grown-up Batman. Look at business Batman. It's business time Batman. Time to put... I gotta leave my socks on because it's business time. <laughs> but Bruce Wayne shows up to a gala event. He knows is going to be attacked by the Penguin's thugs. So he, he has Tim Drake, who's Robin in this particular part of the story, bring him his bat, uh, his bat belt, his utility belt, and he happens to have an extra cowl laying around. It's not his traditional cowl, and what's really cool about it is they do like close-up shots of Batman's eyes in the cowl, and you can see that this is just a quick mask that he put on, not like his, his high-tech cowl that he wears. And it is just, I mean, I, that is one of the sexiest damn images I've ever seen in my life. Like, it is nice. <clears throat> also, cosplay idea. <laughs> it's, it's an easy one, and I kind of got the guns for it. My arms hurt so much right now, but I can't put them down. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Here we go. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Oh, yes. Okay. Not quite my pick of the week, but only because the other book exists. Suicide Squad Blaze, issue three of three. Oh, Simon Spurrier, Aaron Campbell, Jordi Belair. What a triumph. What an amazingly fucked up three-issue miniseries. Perfect. Perfection. This is what I want from every Suicide Squad book. Wholesale death, mass murder, endlessly fucked up shit. It takes place in the Black Label on the magazine-sized Black Label, so you know it is a whole different continuity that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. The Justice League gets completely murdered. The Suicide Squad, everybody dead. Amanda Waller, dead. Harley Quinn, probably dead. Everybody dead. Peacemaker, dead. Everybody dead, 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 dead. What we find out is that the Blaze is essentially another Kryptonian. It's not. It's actually much more powerful than that. But it was an entity that was created by the beings that created the universe. They created a, a being of such power that they're like, oh shit. Well, we can't let this power just go unchecked. So they split it into two twin 
babies, a boy and a girl. Okay. And then they put these twin babies in a, in a stasis pod and sent them around the sun, basically in perfect orbit with the sun, never to be seen or heard from again. The U.S. government eventually finds this and says, we should get that. That could be another Kryptonian. What if we raised an American Kryptonian under the U.S. government? So apparently somebody's been watching a lot of the boys. So they go up into the sky, and they get this thing to crash on Earth, and they try and raise the two kids. Well, it was one kid, but it turns out it's two. And what they find out is that they can't control the power. So they're like, well, we can't control it, so we might as well kill them. As you do. So this is what causes that the guy, the, the killer, to go nuts. Is his twin, his sister, the love of his life, mm-hmm. the thing that he only wants to be next to. Like, you can see them in the comic. They're literally, as babies, they're hugging each other because they're two halves of the same power. And that power wants to be one. But they're also, they love each other. They're brother and sister. They will never hurt each other. So the power longs to be one, but can never be one. So they just, they just basically, you just see them like this all the time. So when the sister dies, he goes nuts, he explodes with power and rage, and he starts killing all these people, and when Superman goes to investigate, he kills Superman, when Batman goes, everybody died, everybody dead, because this power is so incredible. So the members of the Suicide Squad that are getting the blaze, that are, that are, that are you know, getting more and more powered up, right, they're actually being infused more and more with his sister's powers, so as each of them dies, their lifespan isn't getting shorter. That was a lie. It's not, it's, it's not, it's just the power is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to keep them from getting away. Like, cause of course the whole point of the Suicide Squad is to keep these superpower beings at bay. There's an amazing twist ending and an incredibly great fourth wall breaking final couple of pages. That's just fantastic and very reminiscent of Watchmen. I really, really, really love Suicide Squad. Blaze. Definitely check it out if you want to get a, the collected ver- version of it. It's certainly worth a read. It would have absolutely been my pick of the week. Except. We here at the Read Pile have four pillars of the Read Pile. Uh, and they are, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, the uh, mayor of Halloween Town, Colin Bunn. Everyone dies at the end, Tom Taylor, a.k.a. Tom Taylor. And the OG, Gail Simone. And, of course, the Clock King, Tom King. On my read pile this week is Killing Time, issue five of six. The penultimate issue where every answer is just about given to us. As you may recall, I love to talk about how Tom King, he's going to be visited by the time creatures from Rick and Morty because he keeps fucking with time. And Elle experienced this when she read Batman uh, Catwoman. I've experienced it through uh, uh, Human Target and um, uh, what was the other book that I read? Oh my God. Um, Mr. Miracle, and other Tom King uh, books, which have been amazing. And this one specifically really focused on time. And I just figured it was, you know, killing time, time for killing, things yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's Tom King doing oh, his traditional... <laughs> oh, it's Tom King doing his traditional Clock King bullshit. All right, here we go. Everything's gonna matter, and I just gotta keep reading, and eventually it'll all make sense. And motherfucker. Yeah. Not only does everything all make sense... But at this point, I'm going to have to call bullshit on you, Tom King. <laughs> at this point, Tom, listen to me, Tom, Tom. I want credit. I want credit where it's due. I could not have figured this shit out without you laying the seeds. So you just tell everybody that I was right, that I've been right this whole time. 
to refer to you as the Clock King. In this issue, we get more of Batman and the Help. They show up, and what we're being told when they show up is there's been some kind of crazy firefight between what appears to be uh, the Joker's henchmen, Penguin's henchmen, Mr. Freeze's henchmen, Mr. Zaz was there, uh, one guy who showed up in honor of Tweedledee and Tweedledum, who then died of a massive heart attack and never did anything, which I think is hilarious. And the whole time it's being narrated um, by somebody who's explaining what time is. And it was just my understanding that that would probably either be Batman or maybe even the help or just some unnamed third person. And it didn't matter because <clears throat> the story is, <clears throat> of course, about this artifact. This artifact that may be, it may be like the eye of one of the Greek gods. It may be the eye of, of Christ. We don't really know. But all we know for sure is that he who holds the, the artifact holds the world, controls the world. And the last page, which I'm not going to spoil, even though I kind of already have. Can I get to see it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you reached it. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. How cool is that? If there's one thing that Tom King has been doing incredibly successfully is taking characters that are, oh, and, and strange, strange Adventures, of course, which makes perfect sense with what I'm saying. Taking characters that are throwaway characters at best and laughable jokes at worst and making them into incredibly believable heroes and villains. Uh, Adam Strange is not someone who people know a lot of, but because of Strange Adventures, I now adore Adam Strange. Mr. Miracle has sort of appeared throughout comics a lot, but never really anyone that you really truly cared about, unless you read Mr. Miracle. It's amazing. And of course, now with Human Target, who I said very literally, I forgot this character even existed. And now I adore Human Target to the point that I found an issue one of Human Target and I bought it immediately for the 54 cents that it was worth. I think I even got a deal on it. But that's what Tom King is doing. He is very reminiscent of a lot of my favorite writers and creators over the years where he takes characters that you forgot are even in continuity and reminds you that anyone can be really good if they're well written and well drawn. Killing Time has been nothing short of phenomenal. I cannot recommend it enough. It's issue five, and it's somehow my pick of the week. Like, that's how big of a revelation it is at the end of the issue. You got one issue left? I got one issue left. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely tremendous. I'm interested to see, based upon who the main villain is now being revealed, what that means to the story, what that means to the help, what that means to Batman, Catwoman, Riddler. Just a triumph. An absolute triumph. So, that wraps up our read piles for this week. Of course, my pick of the week is Batman Killing Time, issue 5 of 6. And Elle, your read uh, pile pick of the week is The Closet, issue 2. Uh, we will be back next week with more books, more fun things to talk about. Maybe we'll be adding to the trash pile. You never know. Ezra Miller may be up to something else next week. Before we go, we always like to say thank you to our good friends, the Space Bastards, um, our friends at Bountiful Garden, Haven for Heroes, Mad Cave Comics, our sister show, The Indie Cast. EricPalicki.com, who has been on fire on Twitter lately, uh, and AJ Schumacher, who also does me a big solid every week and at least likes one of my posts. Thank you, AJ. You're the best. Uh, until that time, until next week, I, of course, remain the Sussman Rick Sussman, and for the original Angry, El uh, angry Nerd Girl, Elle the Strange, we will see you then. So until then, say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle.